Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in today's gospel lesson. Well, you know, the Jewish rabbis in Jesus' day believed that children were punished for the sins of their parents. They believed that every trouble, every sorrow, every problem they encountered life could be traced to a specific sin that their parents committed. You know, in our day, Hinduism and Buddhism teach something similar. For example, it's the idea of what goes around comes around, or what some people might call karma. That there's a kind of justice that drives the inner workings of the universe. So here's an example of that. Suppose you're driving along, you're going uphill, there's a double yellow line, and uh, the guy behind you is irritated with you because you're going so slow. So he passes you on this double yellow line going uphill, and as he passes you, he looks at you, and he uh, triumphantly raises the middle finger. And he goes around you, and up about a mile or two up the road, he spins out, and he ends up in the ditch. And you can't help but feel uh, that this guy is somehow getting uh, what he deserves, or what's coming to him. Ever thought that? You know, some people call it karma. People believe that there is good karma and there is bad karma. Good karma is the idea of doing something for someone for no apparent reason at all and that eventually that that good deed will come back around to you. Of course, bad karma is doing something wrong. And ultimately, that wrong thing will ultimately come back at some point in your life and bite you. In Hinduism and Buddhism, they believe in a teaching called reincarnation. In other words, they believe that what you do in this life, what you did in a previous life, will impact and determine what you will be in the next life. Of course, that teaching is totally contrary to the Word of God. Today's lesson, Jesus is walking along the road, and he sees a man who's blind from birth. Now, how does Jesus know that? If it were not for the fact that Jesus himself is God. The disciples asked Jesus the karma question. Who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. You know, isn't that a question that all of us ask in our life from time to time? Something happens to someone we know, and we immediately go to the karma question. We try to make sense of it. We try to reason it out. So, for example, let's suppose somebody has a heart attack. We ask ourselves why. We start thinking, who should we blame and what should we blame for this person having a heart attack? Then we think to ourselves, oh, maybe maybe he didn't eat right. Maybe he didn't eat the right kind of foods. Maybe he's a person who doesn't exercise. Oh, yeah, that's the reason. Or maybe somebody gets in a car accident. And we wonder, why did they get in this accident? Perhaps they were texting. 
Or maybe they were drinking while they were driving. We're always looking for some place to put the blame. And the blame game impacts every facet of our life. Those of you who watch sports and listen to sports talk radio, I can guarantee uh, that on Monday morning, uh, let's say your favorite team lost in March Madness, so all the sports talk gurus on Monday morning, they're going to be trying to assess where should we put the blame. And you know where they blame it most of the time, the coach. The coach gets the blame, and we got to get rid of the coach. Or maybe it's the ref's fault, and we got to get rid of the ref. Or maybe it's a specific player. And then at the end of the season, if you look at the Detroit News, they always give you that scorecard for every position. It's a way of assessing blame. Then, of course, there's politics. That's the ultimate blame game, and that's all I'm going to say on that subject. <laughs> so why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sin or perhaps his parents? Who gets the blame? What do you think? How do you think Jesus will answer this question? I know that I wouldn't give the typical uh, karma answer, and yet, in a wider sense, we know that common sin impacts all of us. Sure, there are certain sins that have specific consequences, but death is going to come to all of us, each and every one of us, no matter how well we think we live, or no matter how righteous we think we are. That's because God tells us all have sinned, every one of us, and that the wages of sin is what? Death. So if you have your Bibles with you today, take a look at John chapter 9, verse 3. Here, Jesus' answer to this this question asked by the disciples, he says this, It wasn't this man's sin, nor his parents' sin, but rather that the works of God might be displayed in his life. This Jesus is truly amazing. Talk about a surprise. You know, sin in all of its negativity has actually set into motion a chain of events that ends not in disaster, but with a mysterious blessing. How is that? How is that possible? You know, if God were to judge us as we deserve, or if karma is really our judge in the final analysis, then all of us are in a lot of trouble. Ask yourself this, do you want to be in the final analysis judged by karma? Or do you want to live under God's grace? I don't know about you, but I want to live under God's grace. You know, with God, there is a system of justice that not everybody agrees with. With God, there is a system of justice which delivers not guilty verdicts to people who don't deserve it. This system of justice began really in the darkness of a night with a baby crying in the darkness in a little town called Bethlehem as God would send his only son into this world. Jesus would become God's answer to a world lost in its sin. You know, never was God's plan that mankind should fall into sin. 
It was never his intention that sickness and illness and blindness would befall his people. And yet, in spite of this, the mystery of God's grace is that Jesus becomes sin for us. Jesus will restore us by his life, death, and resurrection. We have come to know God as not just the God of justice, which he is, but also a God of grace, a God who is in the forgiveness business. Take a look at verse the second half of verse 3. Jesus answers the disciples' questions by saying this, This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This Jesus is really a strange guy. What is the work of God? The work of God is seen right there at the cross. The work of God is our salvation. As God takes the difficult things in our life, and he ultimately can turn them around and use them for our good. Romans 8 says the same thing, isn't it? You know, Jesus isn't interested in the blame game in the way we are. What do you mean? I mean, you can't be serious, can you? Everybody's interested in the blame game. Isn't even God interested in the blame game? But you see, what a sinful world fails to understand is this, that laying the blame on someone else really doesn't solve the problem. You know, it may give us a certain kind of uh, sick pleasure, but it really doesn't help all of that much. Pastor Don said this morning, from the very first sin in the garden, the blame game started. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed Adam, both of them blamed the devil, and ultimately, as he said correctly, both of them blame God. God. Isn't God in the blame game? God is a God of justice. God says that every sin must be accounted for. But what does God do? God takes the blame on himself. When Jesus came into this world, he would carry the weight and the blame of our sin. Uh, God made him, the Bible says, who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us. This is unthinkable. Where else would you see this in the world? Again, God, the work of God, is always to save his people. To heal them from sin sickness. And because of Jesus' love, we have experienced this, this tested love, an unconditional love. And having been forgiven much because of what He has done, God the Holy Spirit empowers us to forgive one another. And what more can we do than to come to worship and fall on our knees and thank and praise God for standing in our place? taking the judgment that we deserve. You know, it's not easy. Well, it is easy, I suppose, to love those who love you in return. Even a pagan world does that. But you have been shown an incredible grace. You have been shown wondrous love, as the hymn writer put it. He has taken us and made us his children. And thanks be to God as as. Kaylee said this morning, your faith is a gift. You have been saved by God's grace alone. But a sinful world is blind to this. 
Sinful world is totally blind to their sin. You know, a sinful world is always looking for something, but they can't find what they're looking for. A sinful world looks at the waters of holy baptism, and they sit there and they laugh at you as Christians. You know, a few words and a little bit of water, what kind of nonsense is that? You know, the world looks at the baptismal font, and they don't think it's worth a bucket full of spit. But you know what? You and I, our eyes have been opened by Christ Jesus. We see there at the baptismal font a crystal fountain. We see a river flowing with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus slain for us. That's why, you know, when I talk about baptism in the new members class, if there's one thing you need to remember about baptism is whose action is it? Is it yours or is it God's? It's all God's action. It's all gospel. Even infant baptism. Primary demonstration of how God saves us by grace. And it really is a miracle, isn't it? That the God of this universe should seek out sinners like us. You know, in today's lesson, Jesus teaches his disciples and he teaches us this. Don't spend the rest of your life in the blame game. How often I have spent and wasted so much of my life in the blame game. God's really telling us, don't be consumed by it. Rather go back to what he says here in verse 4. Here's the words of wisdom of Jesus to us. He says, be about the work of God. While it is still, what? Day. Before the night comes when no one can work. I always use that verse as trying to argue with my father about why I shouldn't have to do chores at night. You know? But then he explained to me the work of God before the night of what? Judgment day comes when no one can work. Our work is not to fix the blame. We know who's to blame. We know we are sinners. You know, what happened to this guy who was born blind? You know, he ended up in a mess because of it. Jesus healed him. His own parents, they distanced themselves from him because they don't want to get in trouble with the Jewish leaders. The people in town ostracized him. But that didn't stop Jesus from going the extra mile and he sought him out. Our Lord had mercy on him. And what was his response? Lord, I believe. I believe. What an incredible confession of faith. Jesus has opened your eyes and my eyes. He has opened our eyes through his word to see that he indeed is our Savior from sin. The word of God is like the salve of the Holy Spirit, which opens our eyes and opens our hearts so that we too can say in faith, I believe. You know, I know a lot of people think that karma sounds cool, but, you know, frankly, I would rather live under God's grace any day than karma. And so in faith today, we say with Simeon of old, my eyes have seen what? My eyes have seen thy salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, 
a light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of God's people, Israel. Thank God for the light. And thank God he puts the blame, he takes it from us, and he places it on himself. And he gives us what we don't deserve. How can you not be thankful for that? In his name we ask it. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, thanks be to you for the grace that you give to us. Thanks be to God that you also call us uh, to not only confess our faith and our trust in you, but thanks be to God that you call us to be partners with you, being about the work that you have given us to do, not just as individuals, but as this church, before the night of judgment day comes when no one can work. Lord, we take no pleasure in those who are blind to you. But Lord, help us, empower us by your spirit to use our gifts to point people to the light of the world. Help us to point them to Jesus. Lord, we pray and we ask this in your name and all of God's people said, Amen.